This episode has really gone to the birds. All puns aside, we're talking with Fish, Wildlife, and Parks biologist about the huge migration of birds that happens just outside of Great Falls twice a year. That's coming up on this episode of We're No Damn Experts. Best damn podcast, the best damn town. You want to get up, get ready to get down. Welcome to the greatest damn town in Montana, Great Falls. I'm Rebecca Ingham. I'm Shannon Newth. And And we're we're No no Damn damn Experts. experts. Shannon, Mm. today we're talking about a topic that we don't talk about much. No. There has been one other episode on it though, right? Yep. I was not here for that. One other episode. So I'm not going to say I'm a complete idiot when it comes to this topic. Oh, I am. But... I'm not I'm not well versed in You're it. You're not an expert. Well, that's a big big <laughs> shocker to everyone. But what's happening today? Mm, well, we have the expert here. We're talking about birds and such. We'll get into it. <laughs> we have Brent Launer here. Thanks so much for being here. We yeah. appreciate that. Which okay, I just also found out you were named biologist of the year in twenty twenty three for the region. Crap. Yeah, so you know, big name over here, big deal. Right, right. <laughs> Here we are talking about how cool our podcast is, and you didn't think one time to slip in. I'm kind of a big deal, that's too. What, that's what true big deals do, is not mention it. <laughs> yeah, I don't like to promote that yes. very much. Well, I was. Thanks, I man. just did a look, but yes. So, congratulations for that. Yeah, how long thanks. have you been with FWP for? I've been in the current position I'm at now since 2006. Okay. And what is that position? Yeah, good call. I'm yeah. not aware <laughs> of what's <laughs> happening <laughs> nope, today. Uh, good, good, good to clarify that. I'm an area wildlife biologist for Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. So there's like about 30-ish of me across the state, a little over 30. Oh, okay. And what is your, where is your area? What kind of are the outliers or border of that? Yep. So I'm west of Great Falls. Everything from where the Teton River comes out of the mountains, the Rocky Mountain Front. Mm-hmm south down to around highway 200 ish okay. area and then back over towards not quite great falls okay basically what where do you live yeah just outside fairfield okay yeah. <laughs> what, I was what part guessing. of that region are you living in <laughs> yeah yeah um so what all does that job involve on a day-to-day basis yeah it's so the, this type of position for me or for FWP is kind of a catch-all. So we, a lot of what we end up doing is related to big game stuff, mm. um, surveys and setting hunting seasons and quotas and uh, managing big game in various ways throughout our the areas that are assigned to us. Okay. Then working with landowners, um, working on habitat projects, working on on other public lands with other counterparts with other agencies and tied to this um conversation today working on their wildlife management areas Mm -hmm. so for me that includes ear mountain sun river and freeze out lake wildlife management areas Mm -hmm. do do you what do you do anything (laughs) connected to (laughs) 
Um, like, After uh, all that, that's your question. If you do anything, well, you know, yeah, that's the way it goes. Um, connected to like the horn hunt up in the in that in the Augusta benchmark area. Do you the do shed you, hunt? Is that there we go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be polished, people. That's not yep. that's not my style. Um, so you do things in that area, looking at the wildlife in that area, how many people have harvested that, if it's too much, too little, those type of things. Specific to the, the antler hunting? Uh, to that or, area. So that's definitely part of my area. Okay. Um, so tied to your, like your first part of your question is... <laughs> is the antler hunting and what we do there on the Sun River Game Range, Sun River Wildlife Management Area. That is something I get loosely involved with. Okay. Um, depends on the year, the needs for my, you know, somebody in my my position, my direct involvement. Um, we have a lot of enforcement staff and other staff that also spends a lot wow. of time okay. dealing directly with that issue, you know, okay. that, that event or whatever you want to call it. I think it'd be, we should talk just briefly about this event because I feel like this is when, if if people are not from Montana and they've watched Western shows, (laughs) this might be something that is, because well, I don't know, but kind of the, like the Wild West feel, I have not been, but when I know that when I was at Care TV, we had reporters that would go and cover it. I've heard about this. That it's just kind of this. There's horses. There's ATVs. There's people like running. Some type there's of weird, amazing like, race. Yeah, but like a Western style. Uh, can you explain a little bit what this event is for people? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and it's pretty well known. If anybody's tied into antler, so antler hunting in general has become a, a big thing. On and a, antler hunting also, again, for people who are not aware, you're not <laughs> shooting the animals and pulling Correct, the antlers yep. off. These are ones that they have yep. shed. They dropped. Good there we to go. clarify okay. that. So there is, you know, regular <laughs> regular hunting that yeah. you know, we what we consider as hunting, and then shed hunting. Mm-hmm. That's really the what it what it really is. And after that, animals, antlers, not horns, but antlers have shed and they've fallen on the ground. People go mm-hmm. look for them. So. The Sun River Wildlife Management Area is where a lot of elk from the Sun River elk herd winter. Mm. And okay. and when they winter there, starting towards the end of February and especially March into early April is when the bulk of the elk, the bulls, shed their antlers. And because when they're on winter range, the Sun River WMA is closed during the winter to public use. So it's closed from basically December 1st to May, May 15th. Okay. And that's when it opens at noon to the yeah. public. And so there's a lot of antlers just laying on the ground um and it's kind of become its own little or big (laughs) event um where it's just i think there's folks that come certainly because they can pick up antlers and have an opportunity to find an antler Mm -hmm. Uh, the bulk of them are doing that and there's money obviously tied into those two um that, that somewhat drives the interest in antlers but part of it too and i tell people this all the time you know, if, if you're not a big fan of crowds and a lot of people in an outdoors setting where you want to be kind of more doing your own thing, it's really not for you. <laughs> but if you've never been to this one, mm-hmm. um, th- th- and this goes on all over the U.S., these types of things, but Sun River gets a lot of attention in the Northwest U.S. Mm-hmm. And if you've never been, it's worth going once just to see participate. It. So you, see you can the, go and kind of be an observer. You don't yep, have to be part of it. Okay. There's a lot yeah. of folks that'll just do that. Just yeah. go just because they've never been, just to experience it. And, and it's kind of like a time, like a, there's like a countdown and a go and people just run, like take yeah. off, right? Yeah. So <laughs> we get, 
Oh, there's multiple entrances, but the main entrance on the south end, it, it's called Swayze Lake Entrance. That's the main entrance where people can drive into, mm -hmm. um, the, the primary one anyway. Um, there's a probably cl somewhere close to recent average around 300-ish vehicles that'll line up there at that wow. south end. It's about a two-mile long line. <laughs> um, there's a process. Our enforcement folks are great. Our wardens, um, as far as controlling crowds, we have a couple, usually at least a couple sheriff deputies there. Um, as far as the countdown till noon, so noon on May 15th is when it opens up. Okay. And if you go in before that, you get arrested. You, you do. You get... Because uh, it's illegal to be in there. Yeah. Prior to it's, that it's time. It's basically yeah. trespassing. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So it's, 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 yeah, leading up to May 15th at noon, it's, if, you know, our wardens do their best to try and yeah. catch people that might Deter. be sneaking in a little bit early. Yeah. So. Have you participated just outside of your position, just on your own? No, I haven't. No. Every time I've been involved is all work related. So. Yeah, gotcha. But yeah, it's interesting. It's a, uh, I mean, so there's a line for the cars to go in. There's a line. There's people scattered along fence lines on mm -hmm. foot. Um, and there's an, and then a separate gate that we have that we actually modified um, this past summer that's specific to the horses that'll go in. So. It's just if you're not expecting to see it, and then you're, <laughs> you're like, "What? What is going on mm -hmm. here?" Like, right. doesn't make any sense because right. it's May. You know, it's not any kind of hunting season. You can't figure out why there's so many people lined on the roads, yeah, and then because you're, you're like, otherwise in the middle of vast oh, open space. Yeah, <laughs> I know what's happening today. Um, yeah, and like yeah. I know this is tied to Great Falls, but like the town of Augusta. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's an event that they. Yeah they've yeah. keyed into and for yeah. a couple days certainly it's a big deal yeah. we have friends that load up and spend the entire weekend prepared for <laughs> whatever the you know whatever the time is um and they're in campers and yeah because there's not a whole bunch of lodging options and i guess right yeah and so like people it's you it's a shed like it's not <laughs> yeah it's a horn <laughs> well i guess for some folks it's a really exciting i've got them all over my house so that's yeah. not a big deal for me and if my husband were to bring another one home i'd be like seriously what are you gonna do with or that one what's <laughs> what's the plan right so i think it'd be really fun to watch like experience that yeah, yeah. and you can go you can you'd have to park um <laughs> back like away in augusta and well <laughs> I mean, not quite that far you have to park back away and yeah. then and then walk up yeah. And then if you walk up to the gate, and it's an easy walk up to the gate mm -hmm. up the county road, and then you could just sit there and watch when the dust, when the when the gates swing open, dust yeah. flies, and people go crazy. And yeah, I just put my camp chair up and, and just sit. Yep. Get your crack get your a bottle drink of water. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Do you are you got are you required if you're out there getting sheds on that to are they counted? Is it kept track of in some way? Not, no, not specifically. Um, we did have uh, Mark Schlepp, who just retired last year. He worked for us for over 30 years, and he would spend time at those gates just tracking how many people come out, yeah. out with the sheds, um, even weigh them. Um, we didn't do a lot specific with that information because mm -hmm. the winter survey work is where we get a lot of the data that we need mm -hmm. to manage for the, the species and that population of elk. But... Um, so the, so the numbers we don't do a lot with as far as the antlers, it's just more general information. We tr keep track of the number of people, but that's about it. 
Gotcha. So as an animal biologist, do you have a favorite species of animal? <laughs> I mean, because you're dealing with a lot of different animals in this, mm -hmm. in your area. That's a big area. Yeah. Um, Fish, birds. No, and I, elk, I've been asked. Moose, yeah. Bear. I, I've asked that before. She's just naming all the ones <laughs> she can name think them of. All off. <laughs> Keep he's going, like, keep going. Yeah. I'll, he's I'll like, pick oh, one. you're pretty Horses. smart. <laughs> Cows. You don't manage those. Farmers manage those. <laughs> Rodents. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really have a specific one, to huh. be honest. I don't. Do you have a least favorite? favorite? <laughs> oh, yeah. Humans? Yeah. Humans in there? Good, yeah, yeah. good answer. <laughs> yeah, that makes yep. sense. Uh, um, thing we yeah, all they're, feel. They're the ones Sometimes it gets problems. a little too people-y out. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. humans are, are definitely the most complicated species in the world, mm -hmm. I think. So yeah, if sure. I if all I had to do is manage, this will sound bad, but if all <laughs> yeah. I had to do is manage wildlife and wildlife and that's it, Yeah. it'd be not a necessarily an easy job, but it'd be a lot more straightforward. Better. You throw in people, <laughs> and I get it. It's just how it is. Yeah. The social structure of human beings, and it's just crazy so we go from one extreme really of shed hunting yeah to uh really the primary topic i think you were lured here under <laughs> i like all these though this yeah is good information i do agree yeah um kind of the birding season at freeze out which also a lot of people lined mm -hmm. up to just watch birds that's a yep. big attraction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's twice a year, really, because you got spring and fall migration. Yeah. So obviously, the one coming up here, I'm not sure when this will air, but Soon. coming up here will be maybe a heads up spring migration starting mm -hmm. March, especially. Kind of middle end of March, beginning of April. Correct. Yep. Is that weather dependent, or is it just? Ah, uh, I'm getting this itch, they and the know. birds like. Yeah. Yeah, it's both. It's okay. So it's weather dependent on a more local scale. Um, but when it comes to the actual migration, it's more the, the drive of these birds, the, the, the day length, the, mm -hmm. the, the lengthening of the days and their hormones kicking in and the drive to get to their nesting grounds. Mm -hmm. That's the ultimate drive of why do birds migrate and timing and all that. Um, the drive to for breeding season and nesting but as far as locally and like place like freeze out in the surrounding area um, the weather is probably the biggest influence that that drives the numbers of birds that we'll see in that even the distribution in that smaller area and when we're talking about a lot of birds here how about how many you don't have to be exact. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's, uh, there is no exact number by any means, but it's, it's well into the hundreds of thousands of birds mm -hmm. on an individual, if you counted every individual bird, um, on good years will certainly be over probably a million birds. Oh Holy moly. Was the, not expecting that. Yeah, on a good year <laughs> wow. between everything, and that's waterfowl focused. That's anything from all the, the, uh, Geese, snow geese being the big ones. Mm -hmm. We call them light geese, and that, that's, I'll get into that. But <laughs> snow geese, light geese, and all the duck species, and swans. Those are the kind of the key birds, especially coming up here soon, are the big attraction that makes up the bulk of that hundreds of thousands or upwards of a million birds. 
But there's a bunch of different species in those types. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you talk about duck species, freeze-out. Again, tied to freeze-out, we're 25 to 30 somewhat consistent ducks that we'll see there. That, those are just, I mean... It, types it, of ducks. Ducks, mm-hmm. different species of ducks. Wow. And then for, we call them the big white birds. Those are the big <laughs> attractions. Yeah. So that's the, the light geese. That's Ross's geese and lesser snow goose. Lesser snow goose is the bulk of them. And then the other ones are the swans, tundra, and trumpeter swan. Mm. And then, then you can have all the other mix of water birds and shorebirds that you mix in as they as it progresses. Do you ever get excited that maybe you'll find a new species of something out there? I don't get as excited <laughs> as if you if you know birders. Birders <laughs> are a we a, had a, a birder on the podcast. They're they're a true like the the folks that look for antlers and sheds mm-hmm. the yep. diehard birders just like Same. anything in life like committed yeah yeah and and they'll a bird will, whether it's freeze out or somewhere else word gets out that some rare species of bird showed up somewhere and people will drive for miles and miles and miles to come see wow. the bird because it can they can get it on their list yeah, yeah. it's like a big bucket list of correct. how many birds they'll see yeah Whereas me, I'm just <laughs> you're like eh, another bird. Well, it's yeah. cool to see, yeah. but um, two or three years ago in the fall, we had a uh, whooping crane out there, and those are extremely rare. Really? Um, anywhere, but you know, especially in anywhere in Montana, and it was it stayed out there for shoot maybe about a month or so. Do you keep that under wraps, or do you? like put that out in the world when you see one <laughs> i i don't i'm not a social media person yeah. he's tweeting um, he's yeah. tweeting found a <laughs> whooping crane so <laughs> yeah but related to that i mean as soon as word gets out there's yeah. birding communities and birding you know whatever twitters or yeah. whatever they i don't whatever it is uh-huh <laughs> that gets out there and that's yeah. why people show up because gotcha. word gets out they have their connections to get huh. that info it's the out. whole society yeah it's just <laughs> fine it's great i mean yeah. people enjoy that yeah stuff. why it, this is me coming from not biologist at all but why freeze out why is that area mm. in the migration path why is that such a like hot spot if you will for these birds oh yeah and that's <laughs> that's i have a, another question <laughs> but i'll let you finish this one well that's it it could be a lengthy answer to that question um but i guess to be brief freeze out or whether it was freeze out in its current existence as a wildlife management area or waterfowl production area when it first Mm -hmm. was developed into what it is today versus what it was two to three to four hundred plus years ago Mm -hmm. i think it really and we can only speculate that far back and it's just it, it lies in the, the geographic corridor that it is that from especially the Rocky Mountains and how these birds migrate to and forth going all the way to their nesting grounds way to the mm-hmm. north mm-hmm. it lies in that in that pathway and that's ultimately there's multiple areas they stop and and some of these areas have have become more and more attractive to them because of agriculture and oh, the forage base that it provides. They get some good grain and things. Mm-hmm. So you have water, what freeze out is, mm-hmm. and all the the ag fields adjacent mm-hmm. to it. Um, and where it lies, it's become this, this even more attractive to at least certain species of birds. Yeah. 
Whereas other areas, depending if they don't have that, and it varies depending on the, the cycles of weather um, locally or regionally and, and drought conditions and water availability, it might be totally different. It might not be as attractive. So, I remember, a, again, when I worked up at KRTV, this was earlier on in my career, so it's been a while. So I've, you know, unfortunately forgotten most of everything I learned when I went <laughs> did a story out at Freeze Out during the migration. But um, the person I was with took me out into, like, drove around some of the surrounding farms and areas to show where, I mean, it's not just at the lake where they're right. hanging out there and that... I'm remembering this now is because yeah. there's the grain and the food there. Yeah. yeah. And that's what it is. They, you know, freeze out is, is, uh, to quote Mike Schwitters, who has helped us there for, um, a lot of years. And when you talked about birding in the birding community in Montana level, Mike's one of the more well-known ones. And he often would say freeze out is basically like a, how would he phrase it? A a pool with a hotel and then you have the <laughs> restaurant next door. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. So you have the pool is the nice water. It's a good one stop area. Yeah. They can stop, rest in their migration. It's a staging area. They're not nesting there mm -hmm. um, for the light geese and swans. And then they <clears throat> can go out and feed in the fields twice a day. They have a, mm -hmm. they have a pattern that they, they go through when they're doing this at freeze out. Mm -hmm. And then they keep resting, go back and rest, and then eventually they'll keep going. Like this spring, they'll keep going north. Is there a resident population at all at Freeze Out? For light geese? Yeah, any birds? Oh, yeah. There's definitely resident birds that, that'll summer there. Okay. Um, but I'd, and this is just a, a guess, 80 to 90, 90% at least maybe of the birds that we see at Freeze Out are birds that are using it as a staging a area transient yep <laughs> a transient population yeah <laughs> yep, right how uh how long are they resting at freeze out on their journey yeah so that's a good question and it, it really probably we don't know a lot about all the species we probably know more about the swans and light geese okay. as far as that um to answer that or try and answer that question when we were doing more of this mike Schwitters when he's doing more of this work related to that shoot probably close to 20 to 30 years ago mm -hmm. the estimate was about four days roughly oh. for light geese that would be okay. there um, but now that we have gps technology on some mm -hmm. of these birds they've done research in other states and and they're coming through freeze out we're starting to realize that's a lot more variable um, and i honestly if i had to guess again it's something a little bit more than that mm -hmm. but then the weather ties to that too mm -hmm. So if you get these big storm events, sometimes it clears them out quicker, um, especially in the fall. They wake up, they're like, oh, stormy. Or storm's coming this. tomorrow, yeah. we got to get going. Yeah, and that's <laughs> what we see. Um, in the fall especially, it's like, because we get the systems coming from the north. Mm -hmm. Cold and yeah. snow. And then yeah. like, oh, they're trying we, to get away from that. We don't, I mean, they're not. Snow geese aren't white because they like the snow. There's a reason why they <laughs> migrate. They don't want anything to do with the snow. Mm. Um, they're that that light color is is more of that flock perspective because mm. they're tied to being able to see. They they migrate in mass flocks, so it's mm. their ability to detect each other ultimately. Mm. Interesting. So as far as the uh, weather in the spring, it's just the just the opposite sometimes, where we might be getting some weather coming 
from even if it is actually what we see in the spring sometimes we get most of our weather comes from the west or the north mm -hmm. so we get that weather coming from the north in the spring sometimes they might attempt to migrate and then they get stuck and, and they don't want to and then they'll just keep building a number mm -hmm. whereas in the fall it's the opposite they'll just clear everything out mm -hmm. so it's the same weather patterns different effects on the migration mm -hmm. so i'm gonna dig deep into my past with you <laughs> <laughs> and ask some to know you were in for really <laughs> pertinent too. questions. Most of the time when I see birds fly, it's in a V formation. Why is that? Uh, the V formation that they fly? Yeah. I mean, if you think about why that V formation is, it's the path of least resistance. Oh, okay. Because you, when you're, what do they call that? In, uh, drafting. Drafting, yeah. So it's NASCAR. like drafting. And yeah. I was thinking so if we did that in cross-country running to oh. draft off somebody. Yeah. And that's basically what it is. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it, yeah, the one in front's got doing all the work. Mm -hmm. but, and I'm sure they trade off, but it's basically like drafting. Well, they do. Uh -huh. There's not an assigned spot in the V for each bird. Well, I'd have to think Ma it's like running an army cadence, like the one guy falls behind and right. then goes yeah. to the end of the yeah. line. Unless they've got some way of communicating that yeah. puts the the lowest one on the totem pole and it's hank hey. hank you got to be up there today sorry which looks the opposite it looks like that's the leader but really it's the worst <laughs> yeah, spot maybe. Yeah. Or, or it was a bad night and they're like yeah. hey hank's pretty slow let's put him <laughs> yeah. up in front Keep we won't have to fly as fast <laughs> yeah right do you notice kind of going off that a little bit do you notice personalities among birds or huh. scuffles among different species or just kind of a beha any behavior patterns when they're hanging out at freeze out not really i okay. don't know i mean that they I all guess he doesn't spend that much time just staring at <laughs> staring at the birds i mean <laughs> i can't i can't you know i can't figure out what's going on you're not a bird head, psychologist <laughs> dang it but i mean you see you can see territor territoriality amongst um, groups and amongst, you know, uh, parents and, mm -hmm. and their offspring certain times of year and, and the in the fall period when they have the, have to have their offspring. But so I'm going to switch uh, bird birds a bit um, to eagles, which is a bird. Um, I know that much. Yep. And I have always heard that near like you're headed towards Lincoln and you've passed Sun River and right before you start going into the mountains, there's like a lot of eagles that are in that area at certain times. Is that part of migration? First is, is what I'm saying true. Second, is it part of migration? And third, do we see any eagles at Freeze Out Lake? Yeah, so that is so similar to like the the waterfowl migration that I was talking about. There's an eagle migration same thing there and i'm no expert on eagles and raptors there are people that have done a lot of stuff in that area you're talking about yeah um, especially the west towards lincoln um that 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 have looked at a lot of eagle raptors in general but especially eagles and migration and patterns and what they do and marking birds and all that um so there is a migration that occurs um, it can be fairly significant. We have local eagles. We see eagles around here right now. Those could be birds that just might be year-round residents, mm -hmm. or they could be 
migrants that came from the north, and this is as far south as they go, hmm. and then they'll head back north. I don't, I mean, it's hard, I don't know on an oh, okay. individual level by any means, but at freeze out, we do have a that migration that we'll see in the spring. Um, and, and for eagles, it's a little earlier. We'll start oftentimes, not always, it's variable, but we'll start seeing them in February. And we'll see as many as on a good year, a hundred plus eagles at freeze out in, oh, wow. in February oh, wow. time period um, during that migration. And that's usually before the bulk of the waterfowl starts showing up. Are they, this is probably a dumb question. Are right. any of the, that's, our <laughs> that's, area what, of that's expertise. what we do. Are any of the migratory birds going through freeze out prey for eagles? Like, are they hunting in there yeah. too? Okay. Yeah, you'll see them. Um, wasn't dumb. <laughs> no, that's yeah. Okay. I mean, there there's a reason why they're at freeze out. Yeah. Um, there's two reasons. There's a lot of other birds there, so they can try and hunt for other waterfowl that might be there. And then, probably on a lesser degree, what we've seen, we still typically have a lot of ice um, when the eagles are coming through, mm-hmm. but not always. But we have seen at times where we have carp, common carp, which can be considerable size fish at freeze out. Um, and they'll be frozen in the ice. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen this recently more often, and the eagles will be picking away at some of those carcasses. Mm-hmm. Ooh. But that's more rare. Typically, more it's there. It's a it's a stopover where there's a better opportunity for them to maybe pick off a a duck or a goose or something. Mm-hmm. Am I making this up? Have I seen people fish at freeze out? Yeah, people fish for those carp. Is that legal? Yeah, they're okay. they're a non-game species for fish in Montana, so there's no regulations that mm-hmm. on them. You can hunt, fish them anytime you anytime. want. Can you? Are you allowed to fish during the migration time yeah, too? That's why. I mean, just take your take life into your own hands. Grab your worm. <laughs> yeah, and it's Sink your, it's your. the best time that we and we encourage it because we don't like carp in the system because mm. it's not good for the freeze out system and productivity, but. We, it, the best time to do it is going to be usually when the water temps start changing and warming up, and that's like in early June. Mm-hmm. So you can fish there any time of year when it's open, but the successfulness of fishing for carpet freeze out is best when they're really concentrated because then they start spawning, and it's mm-hmm. just the ability to get and catch them is nobody eats them. They're not good eating. I was just, that's why I was like, I don't, no one has that eat set, right? You just, well, I have met people who eat them, but mm-hmm. they're not originally from the states. Yeah, like it's in like Asia. The, in Asia, they're like a delicacy. Yeah, but it's okay. Yeah, it's not different. something we are accustomed yeah. to. Are there other? Is are carp the only? No, type c- of there's fish a couple there? little species of minnow. Otherwise, okay. it's just carp. It's just yeah. The 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 quality of the water, the temperature of the water, is just not conducive for fish to really survive well Is it i think that's the same case normal? like at willow Warmer. creek they just had that willow creek fishing derby oh yeah i've been a part of it and i have never ever caught a fish in that place yeah ever <laughs> it's not like i'm a horrid fisherman but yeah goodness yeah i should at least see something <laughs> well, that's how i'm the same way with ice fishing i'll oh. be one of those people that'll be fishing in the hole and i'll have a, a family or friend next to me 10 feet away and they'll be catching fish and we switch holes thinking well i'm gonna go catch yeah. fish and yeah. then they start catching fish ah. where i was it's something they smell you well at least, I don't know <laughs> what it is. At least you've seen people catch fish out of there <laughs> like you it. just haven't even seen that uh-uh. yeah really 
It's, there, there's a lot of people there this past weekend. I think. Yeah, I know. And nobody got any <laughs> Not out of my camp. Yeah. <laughs> it's just never. So my husband's like, hey, do you want to go fish a Willow Creek Derby? I'm like, no. Yeah. I don't believe there are any actual fish in that place. Right. I've never seen it. Not my thing. Huh. Yeah, at some point you want a little encouragement that yeah. something's there. At some point. <laughs> right. Yeah. I would like to see a fish at least swim got by. Right. Look at me and go, <laughs> can't catch me. <laughs> uh so at Free how big is Freeze Out Lake? It's about twelve twelve thousand acres, roughly. Oh wow. Holy moly. I think for some reason my brain just driving again, I've been out there, it's just been a long time, but when you drive by it, it doesn't feel as big as 12,000 yeah, acres. Yeah, I guess from the road, it's probably not that big. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, that's how most people would right. see it. Okay, so if you're stopping, if you're coming, you want to check out the birds, you want to watch the process, what's kind of the best way to do that at Freeze Out without inhibiting others Where's or the, the, the birds? Where's the primary entrance? So, the, yeah. yeah, yeah, I guess that <laughs> there is a, a, a process that's going to be to give folks the best opportunity to see what's going on there. Um, the primary entrance is you come on Highway 89, you come through Fairfield, mm-hmm. so leave Great Falls, I-15, Highway 200, and get off, go on Highway 89. From Once you go through Fairfield, it's about four, four and a half miles down to where the main entrance to Freeze Out mm-hmm. is. There's a big, we have a couple, so we have three buildings there and a bunch of equipment right off the highway, and there's a big big wood sign that says freeze out lake so it's right off the highway on the left and it's pretty hard to miss so <laughs> even for you yeah <laughs> i was like he's yeah, learning quickly don't, don't give me too much credit <laughs> <laughs> big sign right there so that's and st- as you mentioned earlier usually r- mid-march is is when things really start picking up okay um it varies if you wanted to pick the best time that last week of march is usually if you had to pick a time frame Mm -hmm. when when do i want to go to freeze out in the spring migration it's gonna be the last week of march and that varies but usually that's the best so are there campers there do people camp out for the week that's all eligible activity we got anything from people to be there for multiple days to folks that'll just be there for a day oh Um, and from great falls area it's a pretty easy day trip. Yeah. The, the The issue, though, is timing-wise, the best timing is at first light in the morning. Oh. So if you're in Great Falls, get up real early. You got to get up pretty early and mm-hmm. <clears throat> and get out there. Yeah. Um. So that's when the birds all get up, and at least a lot of the light geese, some of the ducks, swans, they stay in the water. They feed in the water. They don't typically feed in the fields. But the big activity, especially for the light geese, snow geese and swans, or snow geese and Ross's geese, is at first light, and they go out to feed in the fields till about mid-morning, 10, 10, 11-ish. Do the swans just not get the memo that there's other food? Like, why don't they go feed? They're, they just feed on submergent vegetation. Okay. That's just, that's just what not they in eat. Their it's just not their thing. Not their appetite. You'll see yeah. them on occasion <laughs> out in the field, but usually you see swans out in the field eating grain. It's like something's... They're str- either... either Water's froze, or they don't, or they're hallucinating. Okay. <laughs> they got they a bad mushroom yeah. in the <laughs> submersive. The gotcha. kale wasn't good. The seaweed. Right. Yeah. It's just bad interesting seaweed. that some move out and others don't. Yep. And, and same yeah. thing with ducks. You got dabbling mm-hmm. ducks and diving ducks. 
Mm. Uh, I like diving. those categories. <laughs> Dabbling and diving. Yeah, yeah, diving ducks are like swans. They mm. pretty much are staying in the water, eating insects and vegetation. Mm-hmm. Whereas dabbling ducks, they'll go out with geese and feed in fields. Huh. A little bit more diverse. If I'm totally, I've never been a birder, but this sounds interesting to go see freeze out, learn about what, how, where would I start? start so I kind of know what I'm looking at what would you say like okay I'm going to show up I'm going to get there by first light so I can so I can watch what's happening I think you're going to need binoculars oh yeah yeah I mean yeah binoculars (laughs) never hurts (laughs) binoculars is always nice Mm -hmm. um book book maybe (laughs) a bird id book Maybe if you're wondering if you're listen to this podcast first. Yeah, Yeah. listen to this. (laughs) We did uh, get some tips from one of our emphatic birders, um, the Western field ornithologists have an app. Oh. (coughs) And she said that the coolest, and this is what got me excited about birding for the first time in my life, Mm -hmm. um, was you can like record the sound of a bird oh, makes. Oh, that's cool. And then it will search its database and tell you what kind of bird it was, even if you can't see it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I yeah, like there's some amazing, and I'm not a, a app person, but I know there's some amazing stuff out there like that. Is there like social etiquette um, in being out there? Because it's, I've seen some pictures where there's a, quite a few people. I don't think it's shoulder to shoulder, but... Maybe it is, and what's don't, the etiquette? Don't walk in front of their binoculars. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there yeah. are there is stuff like that. It's yeah. a we, distance to keep from the birds. Right. Yep, and that's bec- with you know with interest in in recreation as a whole since COVID, it seems like especially um, there there's most folks are are really good about it, but there's always going to be a few that just don't understand that you know getting that close is going to Disturb the birds, for one thing. That's one of our issues from us as a as a resource agency. First and foremost is trying to minim- minimize human impact on birds and, you know, freeze out. And what they're, it, the, the migration is a stressful thing for them. They're migrating. It's two, 3,000 miles or more. Um, one way it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. So they're, it's, it's to limit their, they're there at freeze out to rest and refuel before they keep going north. So certainly we want the public to come out and view birds, and the vast majority are really good about it, but trying to stay some distance away. Um, don't run towards them to watch them fly up. Yeah, don't <laughs> run towards them. Um, if you see a whole line of people and you feel like you need to get out there another 50 yards in front of the people, um, that's probably not going to be the best thing to do because you might just ruin it for everybody and disturb yeah. the birds. But do so um do birds attack like if you (laughs) want to get 50 feet closer to a bear we say that's probably not a good plan because the bear will win Mm -hmm. usually in that battle but do i mean it's a bird (laughs) i was gonna ask you if you've ever been attacked by a bird no we have seen a group (laughs) of snow geese pick people up and actually carry them off into the distance i'm just kidding (laughs) i was like no, there's no I way can see. <laughs> yeah i believe it I've, uh, multiple they work together to yeah. pick up one yeah. person They're a team. yeah mm-hmm. yeah no it's uh <laughs> unless you're affecting a nesting situation um you know 
I mean, you'll be blackbirds in town or something. Yeah, you'll be close to a nest. They'll be dive bombing your head. Or yeah. if there's a hawk that has a nest somewhere, and sometimes in neighborhoods they can be pretty territorial. But but otherwise, yeah, they don't. Snow it's not a not a not like a grizzly bear attack or anything. Well, right. we were discussing in the office the other day about otter attacks, and yeah. I callously made the statement that. You got to be some special kind of human to be attacked by an otter. <laughs> or the right wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. Yeah. Those are not know. common. No, no, they're not common. And yeah, otters are pretty cute. I think down in Jefferson where that yeah, person yeah. got. Yeah, down in the beauty area. Mm-hmm. Not common, but, you know, keep your safe distance if you can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's keeping your distance. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and again, uh, from a bird perspective and freeze-out focus, it's just more keeping your distance to limit the disturbance for these birds that are trying to do their thing in the in the migration period. Yeah. Are you a Montana guy? Were you born here? Yeah, I'm from Bozeman. Oh. Born and raised in Bozeman. That, nice. Which is a whole other world down there now. It, it, it is, is a little different today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, er, oh, did you have a No. Earlier you were talking about how obviously you take care of the, the birds and you have freeze out, but you also are dealing with big game and other things all throughout the region. Um, in light of what we were just talking about, do you have either recommendations or things you would tell people who are not from the area about what they should know about driving or recreating in the area and dealing with big game living in this area? Like from a recreation component? Yeah, or just people who are not. So, for example, I mean, we get people who come to visit who get excited to see all of the gophers that we have in our yard or when we have you know i just posted a video the other day because there's a there's a family of deer that comes in and out of our visitor center area people love the video so for some people you know just even things that we consider nuisance are ones they enjoy watching just kind of gophers (laughs) just immediately make my blood boil she has to bring it up in january yeah that's true the ground crawls up here with them but oh, yeah. people like visitors who aren't used to you know seeing that like oh they're so cute like they're intrigued by that so that's a gopher i mean and then we go up to you know very sure. large animals throughout the area just things people should know about that we're passing through the lands that they're yeah <laughs> that they live on yeah and that's i mean that's a that's a good point good question technically it's a ground squirrel yeah oh, okay sorry Okay. Nope, the nerdy that's, biologist. In me nope, that's out. fair. People will well, ask that too, I, I, and I'm I like, ah. Well, we've yeah. had a, we've had an internal debate in the office of gopher versus prairie dog, yep. um, sure. and technically we were told not by a biologist, but they can't be gophers because you're seeing them during the day, and gophers are nocturnal. Animals. Yeah, the little is mound, that the difference? The little mounds you see, the little dirt mounds you see when the snow melts. Yeah, those are pocket gophers. Pocket gophers. I think that's the only species of gopher we have in Montana. Is a pocket gopher. But what I'm describing is a ground Ground squirrel. squirrel. I didn't mean to get sidetracked. No, no. And then prairie dogs are bigger, (laughs) right? Prairie dogs are bigger. Yeah. Yeah. They're like maybe two to three times the size of a ground squirrel. Yeah. And they live in these giant prairie dog colonies. Is that the same? Never mind. I answered it in my own head. Okay. We're going to need you to come back in May and tell us what what's crawling around yeah. out here because we th- I think they're probably prairie dogs. Oh, I, I don't know. Wait, you think they're prairie dogs? I do. Are they about that yep. big tailed uh, head or? They're smaller. 
folks, um, this Sorry. is an I audio. Think it's either <laughs> we're, we're trying to judge based hand, on hand like, sizing. This big? Yeah. I'd say they're all about this big. With From, a tur with a tail really that's fuzzy. Think, I really oh, don't be, think they're that'd prairie be dogs. Something smaller than it's ground squirrel. Even smaller. Or than a ground pocket squirrel. gopher. We'll send know. you pictures. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so people who come to visit, there you go. That's what you're looking at. Yeah. So, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> related to your question though, as far as wildlife as a whole and people, um, I think the biggest thing is. Is just keeping your distance. Yeah. Um, everybody, I mean, we like to, there's a reason, one of the police, one of the reasons a lot of people like living in Montana is we have a lot of wildlife and you mm -hmm. can see wildlife and places that are right in your community or not too far away, um, mm -hmm. sometimes in big numbers and sometimes in small numbers. So it's, it's, a, it's a neat resource, but the more folks you have moving into the area, expanding out, getting into the footprint of the, where the wildlife live, then that's when you run into more conflicts. Mm -hmm. You have that overlap, whether it's big game or bears or mountain lions or turkeys or whatever it is. You just have more of those issues. So the ability to limit your your impact on where they live and then be able to keep your distance to some degree. Food attractants is always an issue and that can be for a variety of species obviously for like bears is a mm -hmm. huge one um but those would probably be the the biggest issues certainly go out and enjoy what we have in montana mm -hmm. but just be respectful of those animals that are living in the wild that are surviving in 30 below weather out there when we want to be can't like i can't believe you know some of these animals they just make do they're built right. to do it but yeah it's not uh, easy. So. Even yeah. though they're built to do it, that's still real cold. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, being the biologist of the year <laughs> for our, for Montana, <laughs> does uh, do you get calls like from Benton Lake Wildlife Refuge, which is a federal, to go, hey, we, we need some help out here with something or... You have to come in town and help with the fish hatchery or something at uh, Giant Springs, or it varies. Uh, we we it varies how much we keep in touch with like Benton Lake. So Benton Lake, it's the management's different, but there's reasons for that why things are managed there compared to Freeze Out. There's just totally different areas and how things are, are done and developed. Um, so it varies in how much we'll keep in touch with them on things. Um, okay. Freeze Out specific as far as like my um interactions with yeah other stuff it so fish wildlife and parks we work for it's fish wildlife and parks and it's it's the Big full broad suite topic. of everything yeah. so yeah i mean we do a lot of cross divisional type stuff where we're helping each other out with various projects which is good to do hmm. just depends where there's a need and who's available to maybe help are there any specific uh, events related to freeze out, or is it just kind of whenever, whenever you want to show up? Both. <laughs> yeah. So there is one coming up, um, and we get a full suite of people either basing in the communities out there or staging out of Great Falls. Mm -hmm. um, coming up in March, um, Wild Wings. It's put on by oh, a group yeah. in Shoto. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, but it's Wild Wings. It's the second i should know the date <laughs> it's okay we can put it in the show notes mm -hmm. yeah it's the 
March. It was really a test, and you failed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got to look. There you go. They um, have a great the, logo. I saw yeah. it the other day. I don't remember where it somewhere online, and I saw it. I'm like, oh yeah, that's coming up, and that's a really great logo. I like then I like the name. Yeah, and then it makes me think of Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that sounds good. Doesn't it <laughs> always they make? Should, they should <laughs> and doesn't it always they should sponsor that? Yeah. Get surprising, like a a wing is um, chicken. Yeah. <laughs> it's True. not like you you're going out to look at chickens. You're right. just looking out. It's a bird, but. Okay. Did you find it? Mar- yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> March the weekend of March 22nd. Okay. March 22nd is a Friday. Well, that seems. About planned appropriately. And it's strategically planned around. Yeah. So I work the a lot migration. with them on, my, on related to migration and activities. So yeah. Wild Wings, if you just Google Wild Wings, I'm sure it comes up. They have their own website. Don't um, add buffalo. Don't add <laughs> buffalo. Just Wild Wings. But or They chicken. have all sorts of stuff starting Friday night through Saturday. Okay. So it's something something to, you know, of, of interest that for some folks. For birds. Area. If you're into the birds. Yeah. That's what it's for. Exactly. Well, and that's a nice time to come to Great Falls just during mid to late March because you can come hang out at Western Art Week yeah. and then head out and check out Freeze Out and the migration. Bird stuff. So tell me what a wildlife biology emergency is because let me preface this. It's wildlife. They're doing their thing and animals attack other animals but is there like a moment where you're like we've got to save this bird <laughs> or you intervene in a in a uh, elk elk standoff yeah <laughs> well so not not putting humans into the context yeah yeah no because uh, that's the, obvious that there's okay. going to be that kind of a situation <laughs> but this is non-human related like where you're going to interject within the animals or any other kind of emergency that you can think of. It's mostly a lot of that's tied to we, like you said, we just as much as possible let wildlife do their thing. Yeah, I mean they're they're gonna have issues. They're gonna get injured. They're gonna fight amongst each other. And hey, that's that's wildlife stuff, mm-hmm. and what they do and how they've survived and and so trying as much as the from a human end of things, you might not like to see that. If you're watching a coyote run and take yeah. down a fawn deer or something, yeah, that's life. That's the way yeah. that works. But as far as an emergency, um, you know, a lot of things we injured animals, uh, uh, something gets hit on a a roadway. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe we got to do something with it. We do have the Wild Center in Helena that takes in certain yeah. species, oh, yeah. depending on it's limited, but depending on the species, mm-hmm. um, if they're injured or orphaned but it's, it's, it's limited on certain species. Animals getting caught up in fences. Um, mm. You see that yeah. pretty frequently. Big game animals jumping over a fence. They get a leg caught and you know, cutting them out. Or sometimes it's bad enough. we got to put them down. It yeah. just depends on what it is. But I saw a thing on, it had to have been like TikTok or Instagram reels of, a, of an elk that was running across the, a road. Oh, I think I've seen And it said, about. This is me as an elk, and it tripped just... and fell and tumbled and flew across the road. And I'm like, yeah. And just got up and ran. <laughs> that, is, that is me. <laughs> yep. But you got to think, there's a lot of me in the animal world. <laughs> <laughs> when you watch that, j- jump fences, and they're like, Oh, oh I didn't it. make that one again. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
<laughs> How many times do they jump a fence right. and clear it stumbly yeah. versus get it tied up with them? And they'd be like, yeah. God dang it. Or trip when they're yeah. running. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it happens quite a bit. Yeah, we just don't we just don't get to see it most right. of the time. Right. They stop and be like, Becca, come on. And then again? you're like, do these animals have a sense of humor <laughs> then? Are the others ones like laughing at them? I, like I would have to hope they would. <laughs> right. Who is that? Gary Larson, that cartoonist. He was really good at those. Yeah. Putting have you ever seen his cartoons? I think it was look. Gary Larson. Okay. I'll have yeah. to look. He was look up Gary Larson okay. wildlife stuff. He's cra- it's he's he doesn't do it anymore. It's pretty funny. Yeah, some of the stuff. Okay. And they're just sim- a single picture with a caption. Yeah, That's those all are it. my favorite. Yeah, it gets too complex. I'll, I'll get lost in the story. Those are the original memes. Yeah, mm-hmm. really, no. they were. Right. And one of the issues, and I was just talking to somebody at Freeze Out this morning about this, and it was tied back to a, a conversation this person and I had about a sheep, mm-hmm. a bighorn sheep, in towards Hardy Creek. It's a collared ram that we collared last winter. And the ram appears to have a broken leg. And I, mm. I, one of our other biologists saw it, confirmed it yesterday, I'm not sure which leg. But it comes back to these animals that are injured and how much we give them the ability to as much as possible to, to leave them be, yeah. rather than say, oh, that looks horrible, we need to shoot it and put it down. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing what these animals can do mm-hmm. on missing just like humans or mm-hmm. missing an appendage mm-hmm. you know they can survive reasonably well at times with yeah. with that so where uh we go down to the missouri missouri down at kip to do paddle fishing and we've had extensive conversations with the wildlife biologists down there when we're fishing and just the stories they tell about what they know about the fish and how it heals and like oh, if yeah. you get your hooks stuck in there they're like just break it because they'll push it out eventually Hmm. and they'll be fine and interesting and it's all those human aspects i think you put on animals where Mm -hmm. you're like oh that's awful Mm -hmm. no they're gonna learn to walk with three legs or they must feel so sorry for themselves and yeah that's not that's not what they do we have a resident deer population at our house that i've complained about Mm -hmm. numerous times that my (laughs) husband will not take care of well one of them had a really weird, like it lost its bones in one of its <laughs> legs and it was just like all slinkied up and dangling. I'm like, oh, that looks awful. And mm. I did let that one lay around in my tree line in the snow. I'm like, yeah, I'll be nice to you because you got that screwed up leg. <laughs> <laughs> but texted my husband, I'm like, you might want to do something about that. And he goes, does she, <laughs> does she look um, like she's got a mange or something. Was she trying to attack you? I'm like, no, it just looks disgusting. And he goes, it's fine. It's fine she's then. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> like, mm. yeah. But she got to l- linger longer in the tree she line. Got some special treatment. Yeah. yeah. The rest of them I yell at or <laughs> play my shotgun sound from my phone, oh my which gosh. they don't do Respond anything to at all. They just look at me like, what are you doing? Yeah. So. They, yeah. They're on to you. Well, yeah. you know, it, it's a fine line of harassing wildlife in my yard. I really think if someone wanted to arrest me for that, they could. But like, <laughs> get out of my yard. Like, don't be in my yard. And I walk out on the deck and I scream at them to get out of my yard. And they just look at me sometimes and they walk towards me like, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. 
Yeah, urban. Pretty much nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Just yell at you some more. Yeah. yeah ur- we call that urban wildlife management, mm-hmm. and it's becoming more and more of a. Just oh, because of that, mm-hmm. that reason of people just slowly expanding. Not saying that's your neighborhood; it, it might have been there for a long time. But over time, you just keep getting. You're getting into their area. Yeah, I know in Helena specifically, yeah. the urban deer population's been a been a big issue. Yep. Yeah, yeah I like they to do. follow that. Mm-hmm. They do the urban mule deer management. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. Actively mm-hmm. have I think sharpshooters of some professional nature out there yeah. killing deer. Yeah, not anybody can get up, get on that list. I, right, I learned just, <laughs> can't just come and you're trying to get on <laughs> it. Take your anger out. Uh huh. Yeah, all of this pent up frustration. Yeah, with I, her. I'm the one going to the city commission like every year. Like, hey, uh, can we get this going? Uh, I'll wear black and shoot at night. <laughs> the, the deer that are in my yard. Like, if I can just get a permit for that or some type of written notice, that'd be great. Hmm. And then they say no. 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 Mm -hmm. It's not that much. It's not enough yet. I'm like, okay. And even even then, I'm not sure (laughs) you're getting on that list. (laughs) I think uh, Captain Otto will forget about it after a period of time, and I may be able to Mm. lend my (laughs) services Mm -hmm. (laughs) again, but we'll see. (laughs) Uh, Do you – this is switching – topics uh, do you have issues at all when it comes to wildfire season in montana with smoke and fires and things in your district and how that affects either bird migration or just habitat um yeah given the timing of and i can't they have looked at that related mm-hmm. to smoke thinking more of the fall migration and migration yeah. and be tied more to the fall migration yeah and the impacts of that and their birds inability or how it changes migration patterns but i can't speak to yeah what mm-hmm. it was they as far as what exactly they found or how big of an impact it was but on a yeah. local level typically not mm-hmm. um the the birds that you know when we have the fire season in montana really starting typically in july till september ish yeah um as far as the impact of, of wildfire and smoke on any wildlife is 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 limited. I'm obviously mm-hmm. on on the ground where you have wildfires going. The terrestrial animals, the animals are living on the ground. The big game yeah. and other non-game small mammals and some of the birds. Yeah, that can redistribute them, and they need mm-hmm. to move somewhere else. But usually, that's a a short-term thing, or it could be long-term if it completely changes their habitat. Sure. Yeah. down the road so it depends on the size and the scope of the fire i guess yeah and where it's at they'll take a trip away and then still go back if it's not destroyed the habitat. yeah if it's not yeah. completely destroyed if it's mm-hmm. kind of a mosaic type fire where you have a little bit of pockets of stuff that's undisturbed it still might be productive for them hmm. still their their home their chosen space yeah but it changes yeah. i mean wildfires can be a big thing and it just it changes the landscape mm-hmm. um, so over time get enough fires whether it's in a specific area or overlapped over a bigger area it can start having a a bigger impact on mm-hmm. on the presence or the distribution of animals that you'd seen there 30 40 years ago versus now this last year we had grizzlies in alm which yeah. is not far mm-hmm. from me are we going to see more grizzlies are we going to see grizzlies in town 
We had um, a moose on the trail this year. Mm-hmm. Like Great Falls Town? Yeah. I, I certainly hope we never have grizzly bears in Great Could Falls. Could you keep them more towards <laughs> the Rocky Mountain <laughs> front, please? Yeah, that that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> grizzly bears and grizzly bear management and yeah. research and all that. But 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 on a r- very... And there's two guys in Region 4, Chad White and Wesley Sarmento. They're our, our two grizzly bear specialists. Mm. Those would be two that could speak well, maybe everything. we have another podcast on grizzly bears. Well, I think it's a pretty short podcast. <laughs> they're they're mean. They will kill you. Stay away from them. You can't hunt them. Like, I don't know what else needs to be said. Yeah. And if they continue to move closer to town. <laughs> yeah. So, so cert- Build a bear fence. Yeah. So yeah. Certainly. I think uh, Chad and Wesley could probably add a lot to that. Okay. <laughs> it's, 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 you know, you mean it's more than that 20 second <laughs> A little bit more than that. <laughs> But uh. but there is there are grizzlies. That, I mean, to be very brief on mm-hmm. it, they're certainly expanding. Um, grizzly bears is highly political and all that sure. stuff. But oh, <laughs> here I didn't even know that. <laughs> I, was like, I knew wolves were. I didn't know yeah. grizzlies. Yeah, were. I mean, just the the social political stuff around. It's just Kay. the nature of it. But is it because you're a bobcat? Uh, I am a bobcat. <laughs> <laughs> I went to both schools. Though. I, did did. I went to both yeah. schools. But okay. I grew up in Bozeman, so yeah. Um, but they're going to be expanding more and more, um, just, and we've been seeing it, but at what mm-hmm. point that's the, the biggest challenge is at what point does or if, if, if expansion ceases, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where do you draw the line? If you draw a line on where's too to far. To intervene. Mm. Their original habitat was the prairie. Exactly. Right? Like yeah. they got pushed into the mountains, but they're actually prairie animals. Correct. Huh. Okay. Yeah, I mean, this historically, 150, 200 See, years more ago. more than 20 seconds. <laughs> um, I guess I did not know that. <laughs> if you ever read up on the details of Lewis and Clark's journey, yeah. the amount of bears that they discovered and found. Right here. Great Falls and East was well, a Well, that's lot. true. Mm-hmm. We got so. the mural downtown to to support that. And the stories yeah. from people, yeah. Huh. Hmm. Well, looks like we've learned a lot today, folks. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything else that we should know about you or what you do or where you work or no nothing about me <laughs> come on where did you hang your did biologist <laughs> of the year award <laughs> hey, at least we found out beforehand other th- we had uh, a guide on that's a world-renowned guide we didn't find out until after we'd finished the podcast that he's award-winning and has like plaques everywhere oh, wow. So then when he came on the second time, we're like, what, what's the deal? Why did you <laughs> not tend to tell us that you were a um, decorated yeah. guide? So, huh. yeah. Well. There we go. <laughs> Be a reader. Yeah. I don't, I don't need to promote that on right. my end. But as far as freeze out, yeah, I mean, that's the only thing I'd say is, you know, the, the at least the original intent of the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. We, we went come, in lots of good directions. Come late, late March. We have a website. Um, look for the Freeze Out Lake Wildlife Management Area story map. Story map. Okay. Yeah, it's on our, if you look on our Fish, Wildlife, and Parks website under mm-hmm. Freeze Out, you can get to our main website, but then there's a story map tied to that. And we actually have a, you go onto that and you can click on certain tabs. And one of them is a migration status tab. Oh, okay. And so we do daily updates on migration status starting around first week of March and that'll go till mid-April. Do huh. you get calls from, I mean, are you in touch with management areas that are 
along their normal migration to route some then? degree okay. yeah so we work and so kind of related to that i don't know if you knew track or heard of the berkeley pit issue with mm-hmm. oh yes so i'm in a with their um, part of that group okay. down there and we've actually broadened our horizons as far as keeping track of this on a bigger picture level now mm. coordinating with them so yeah so that's uh so we do do that that the, the my the freeze out story map look for that the migration status will give you that's the best spot to go if you want to see what well, what are the birds doing we have a phone line i keep a recorded message updated there okay but we're trying to steer most everybody to that link yeah just Online. for just for status updates daily yeah. updates just basic information that shows you what the long-term trends are like mm-hmm. oh shoot it looks like march 26 is typically the peak on average and then it'll show you what the numbers are hmm. at least leading up to that day real time okay hmm. just for it's good to know yeah. And other information on that, on that too. Yeah. Yep. Thanks for putting up with us and yeah. <laughs> coming out. Thanks for to putting talk. up with me. Hopefully, <laughs> oh, I was. You met were your a delight. So. <laughs> oh yeah, you were You're an expert delight. about things. You more than met our standards. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, good at lying about a lot. Of stuff. Our <laughs> standards are pretty low <laughs> to start with, and most of the time they just have to listen to us. So mm-hmm. thanks for being here. Oh, you bet. Um, and folks, thanks for listening. You can always remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Share your funny, you know, the moments you find the funniest with your friends about how stupid I might be on the mm-hmm. podcast. There's tons of those. Um, tweet them out, people. We'd love to hear what you think. Um, and until we see your bright, smiling, happy, healthy face here in Great Falls, we hope you're creating amazing memories with your friends and family wherever you might be. See you soon. We are no damn experts as the recorded claims from Great Falls, Montana, covering what you need to know about this amazing damn town. Damn, that felt good.